No longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. I've got another UNC weekend roundup. We can call it the second edition. Going to be talking UNC football, women's soccer, and field hockey. It's a big episode for today. A very eventful weekend in Chapel Hill with all three games being at home. And let's unfortunately start with the bad because UNC football in what seems like a test game every year against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish they just lay a goose egg. They lose 45-32. to 32. Score looks close. Game was not as close whatsoever. Uh, and this was this is not your typical Notre Dame team with NFL talent from top to bottom. Uh, this is a very mediocre Fighting Irish team with a rookie head coach. They came stumbling into Chapel Hill with a 1-2 and two record. And they just absolutely destroyed this Tar Heel defense. Drew Pine with his best game of his collegiate career, 24-34, 289 yards, three touchdowns. Audric Estime on the run game, 17 carries for a buck 34, two touchdowns. They ran for 287 yards as a team, nearly 600 yards of offense against UNC. And we actually saw a stat this week that out of the 131 teams in the FBS, UNC ranks 126 defensively. The only team that has a worse defense in the Power 5 is Nebraska, and they fired their head coach after three games. UNC has the second worst defense in the Power 5, and with all this four- and five-star talent, I absolutely don't get it. I don't know if it's coaching, I don't know if it's the players or the mentality, but this defense on a week-by-week basis gets embarrassed in some way. Because look, the offense can't score 60 points a game. I mean, it's just insane. No pressure on the quarterback whatsoever. He has so much time back there to make his reads. And the inability to stop the run game, it's it's absolutely, it's mind-boggling. We gave up more than five yards a carry, three touchdowns on the ground. And they, there's, this is no like massive game. Their longest run of the game was 29 yards. They're just getting six, seven yards a carry pretty much. Uh, and it's just gashing this UNC defense. It's getting them tired. Uh, and obviously the offense couldn't keep up. Now as we go to the offense, Drake May honestly did not have his best game. But he still threw for 301 yards and five touchdowns. He was 17 of 32, missed some throws more than in pre- more than in previous weeks, uh, barely 50% completion on his passes. But the run game wasn't helping him out at all. I mean, 67 yards as a team, 2.4 yards a carry. Uh, Amorion Hampton was pretty bad. Uh, and then not much action from Caleb Hood, George Petaway, DJ Jones. Hampton had 10 carries, Drake May 13 for 37. So run game is non-existent. Uh, so Drake May can really only do so much, and he had some nice throws. He had two nice touchdowns to Antoine Green. He had three catches, 150 yards for two touchdowns, um, but he still dropped a couple. J.J. Jones, two catches, 71 yards. He had two. These two catches were really, really well-placed balls, great catches. Got to give him the ball more because uh, he's our best jump ball guy. He's got the size to do it, good hands. He can jump out the gym pretty much. I mean... This is a guy we need to throw the ball to a little bit more uh, because I love Antoine Green as a deep throw, but, but J.J. Jones is the future for the deep ball at this position, especially with his size. Josh Downs, decent welcome back game. Five catches, 32 yards, two touchdowns. Not much distance, obviously. Uh, Nesbitt had a catch for 23, and then Amarion Hampton, uh, a touchdown catch for four yards. But quite frankly, that's just not going to get the job done. UNC, even though they put up 32 points, 
I think there's a fundamental problem that I think is wrong with this UNC football team. And we can talk about whether this team is really in it mentally or whether they have that mentality um, and whether they care because there are times where it really does not look like they care. I mean, and then just the, the un, undisciplined uh, and lack of character. I mean, you look at Tony Grimes with a very uncharacteristic penalty pushing their running back out of bounds or so we thought and then Noah Taylor goes to confront him to say he can't do that because he's a fifth year player he's been in it and Tony Grimes pretty much goes to throw a jab at him or put his hand in his face uh you can't do that so uh the lack of discipline and uh the will to want it from this defense has shown but we're just gonna stick to X's and O here and I'm gonna talk about time management for UNC UNC's offense we love the one play bangers. We love the 80 yard touchdown throws. We love the big runs, the slants for touchdowns. But when it comes to actually winning a game against quality opponents, you cannot leave your defense out there for five or six minutes as Notre Dame is methodically marching down the field with run, pass, pass again, couple runs in a row. And then UNC, you beat them with one or two plays and send the defense immediately out there. That is part of game planning, believe it or not. Now, you want to take the deep shots if they're there, and points are points. But with this defense that clearly cannot answer the call whatsoever, that needs to be put a little bit into the offensive game planning because Notre Dame had zero points in the first quarter. This defense is capable of making a couple stops, but that second and third quarter giving up 38 points combined You just can't leave this defense on the field for too long because they just do not have it. And obviously, if you wear down a defense like Notre Dame does, it makes the running game that much more dangerous. Play action down the field. Uh, They beat us on a really nice misdirection play uh, from Pine. Uh, I think that one was to Logan Diggs. Maybe it was to Lorenzo Styles. Not 100% sure. Uh, But I think that's a big problem with UNC's offense right now. Uh, I love the fact that we can get an 80-yard deep pass for a touchdown. But when the defense makes a fourth fourth and goal stand, and I know you're down a lot of scores, uh, you, you can't really expect them to go out there and play that well. So I think, especially to start the game, we need decently long drives, not two minutes. Um, it's got to be three to four, maybe five minutes where you really wear down the opposing team's defense because if Notre Dame just gets beat on an 80-yard play, okay, they just get beat for one play. But then they're fresh when they come back out. It's like they didn't even play a play a, a, a series. So in terms of game plan, I think that's something that needs uh, to be taken into account by Mac Brown, by Phil Longo, because Phil Longo didn't call a terrible game. And obviously 32 points is good, but I mean, 12 in um, in garbage time, pretty much in the fourth quarter when the game was over, uh, 14 points at halftime. But I mean, the second and third quarters didn't, after that first drive uh, to score a touchdown, which w- was a very good drive by Drake May and, and the offense. Uh, the offense just really could not create that much. Um, and obviously, you can't rely on this defense to really do anything. So that's really my takeaway from this. I mean, this team is who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. I think that's how the saying goes. But a defense that can't stop anyone, can't make consecutive stops, and an offense that's going to be expected to put up 60 points a game, but you can't do that every game, especially against Notre Dame, who typically has pretty good defense. And then lastly, probably the the biggest reason we lost this game, battle in the trenches. That defensive line from Notre Dame did a great job stopping the run, made our offense one-dimensional, probably forced us to a couple three and outs uh, and punts and whatnot. But then on the other end, their offensive line just bullied that defensive line from UNC. I mean, I didn't hear... 
guys like uh, Miles Murphy, Dez Evans, Cayman Rucker. I mean, what do they, they had like two or three tackles each, maybe. I mean, the linebackers had to do a lot of work, Uh, but this defense is an absolute disaster. Not really uh, very optimistic for the rest of the season, even though we are going to our first game in the Coastal Division against Virginia Tech. Uh, so we'll see, or in the ACC, I should say, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I feel like that's really all I have to say to that. A very disappointing game. Really thought the Tar Heels were going to put up more of a fight, especially against uh, not as good of a Notre Dame team as we've played in the past. We've played Notre Dame more closely than uh, than uh, than the team that we saw on Saturday. And Mac Brown said that's the best they've ever played, best team we've played against. No, it's not. We played Texas A&M in the Orange Bowl. Um, we played Clemson two years ago. We played a Notre Dame college football playoff team uh, a couple years back. Uh, I don't want to hear that. No, no excuses. This team needs to start playing better defense. They need to have some more accountability. Um, and we'll see how they do against Virginia Tech. So now let's go to some winning. Let's, uh, brighten the mood here because, uh, women's soccer off of, uh, a shocking loss to Virginia. They go beat Syracuse on Thursday 1-0 and then a very nice 3-0 win against Boston College uh, to improve to 9-2 on the season, 2-1 in the ACC. Uh, all started in uh, the at the end of the first half yet again. A nice goal uh, for UNC before the half to go up 1-0. This time it was by Kate Fossey, assisted by Talia Della Peruta, who made her season debut. It was great to see her out on the field. Um... I think it was, I think Talia had a shot on goal, got saved by the keeper, uh, but it counted as an assist as Fosse, uh cleaned it up. So a uh, great goal for the freshman there. Uh, and then UNC kept their foot on the gas coming out of halftime. Tori Hansen off of a handball, took a PK and, and converted it very strong PK. And this was an interesting decision for who was going to take it because Tori Hansen, I believe against Stanford three years ago when she was a freshman, missed a PK to pretty much put the Tar Heels in a losing situation. I think she missed, and then the Stanford player made it to uh, win the College Cup. So glad she could get rid of whatever demons were there, but Tori Hansen's been fantastic this year. Um, had a very nice defensive game again, um, but the goal is obviously nice, especially in, in a PK. Nice to see that we can have someone we can trust her because she's got a good shot even though she's a center back. And then Avery Patterson, once again, putting in her seventh goal of the season, assisted by Isabel Cox. Uh, I believe it was like off the, a little pass from the, from the shot from the right corner, gets past the goalie, hits off the left post, bounces in a little bit of a slow roller, but good, uh, angle for Patterson to take there. Uh, and that was about three goals in a five minute span to end the first half going into the second half. And that really did it for the Tar Heels. Uh, they outshot Boston college 17 to four, uh, seven to three in shots on goal. UNC had three saves, um, not really much of a threat from the from the Golden Eagles, um, and UNC had a had an easy win here, three uh, zero to improve to two and one, um, and now uh, Rachel Jones also came back. So this is a team with who's available for this season is pretty much at full strength. Obviously, the center backs means we are not at full strength defensively, but in terms of who's actually going to be able to come back this season, uh, getting Talia Della Peruta back and Rachel Jones playing a little bit. Those will be some nice reinforcements as of now off the bench. And um, I thought it was quite interesting to see where Talia was going to play because she's naturally a right mid. She played there for the U-20 national team. She was playing in the center mid spot. She came in for Emily Colton and kind of played that role, which I kind of like a little bit because it gets her a little more involved in the play. 
Um, she's obviously a midfielder. She's uh, got good energy, going to chase people around defensively, might be able to help Sam Meza a little bit back there, but um, she's a really talented player. And to come off the bench uh, with, with the lineup we have now, because obviously she's just coming back from injury. You want to reintegrate her. You don't want to just throw her out there for 60, 70 minutes a game. But this is uh, just to show how deep this UNC soccer team is. Uh, and, and you've got players like Ruby Grant, who started on Wednesday, on Thursday against Syracuse for Sam Meza, who had a break uh, of a game. Uh, this is a midfield that I think is going to be better supported because when Sam Meza went out, this team looks a lot different. And I think um, getting Talia back might help that a lot. Plus, you get to see the sisters play together. That's always really fun um, for sister moments. That's uh, definitely a, a cool thing. So I, I am supportive of Coach Dorrance playing her at the center mid spot because, again, gets her more involved in the offense. Maybe she can take a couple shots from outside the 18. Uh, Casino shoot and warmups. I mean, she looks good to go. Um, and that, that's someone that uh, you should have your eye on when she comes out there, especially off the bench um, because we've seen this bench unit really make a difference. Uh, if the starters aren't doing that well, we saw it against UCF with uh, Ellie Sentnor kind of coming off the bench and scoring a goal there. This time, Kate Fossey. Uh, so these freshmen um, and, and bench players are making a big impact if the starting lineup in the first half really isn't able to convert on any goals because it wasn't the fact that um, they just weren't like creating chances. They just weren't able to convert up uh, getting the fresh legs out there. And also got a shout out Maddie Deline. She uh, was given player of the match by, uh, by the team uh, and she's done a great job creating chances, and I really, really like her because she's, I mean, visibly fast, can get to a lot of balls, and just the fact that she's young, she's got good energy, she can sprint for deep balls, and then have the good vision to make solid passes to to create scoring chances. That's another winger that we can throw in there um, in, in case... Uh, potentially if, if someone goes down or isn't playing that well, because we've seen instances uh, where this, this winger rotation gets uh, shifted around a lot. Um, but giving her a lot more confidence, especially getting that uh, the player of the match, I think that's uh, uh, very nice for her. But obviously uh, she's going to be a really good player. Maybe not this year. She makes these immediate contributions, but I think in the, in the coming years when she gets a lot more playing time and more opportunity, uh, she's going to be a game changer. Uh, I, I'm really intrigued to see how she develops. Uh, I feel that kind of does it for women's soccer. Um, good defense all around keepers weren't too busy. Uh, and then obviously the, the blitz of goals in about, in about a five to six minute span, uh, sealed the deal. So this team will be back at it. Uh, I believe they're at Virginia tech on Saturday and then they'll be back at home next Thursday, not this upcoming Thursday, the Thursday after against Pitt. And then lastly, let's go to field hockey because, ladies and gentlemen, there's a new number one in the nation, and it's yours truly, Aaron Matson and the Tar Heels. They took care of business against Wake Forest 2-0. to zero. Um, A bit of a, I don't want to say a boring game, but Wake Forest goalkeeper just played out of her mind. I mean, 12 saves? I'm, ex- I was shocked, extremely impressed. Ellie Todd, I mean... What a game from her because UNC had 19 shots, 14 on goal. Uh, and to save 12 of them, that's pretty darn good. Wake Forest only five shots, two on goal. So the offense really wasn't clicking for the Demon Deacons. But two goals from Aaron Matson uh, were enough to push UNC past Wake Forest. 
and actually being at this game because I haven't been able to watch many uh, because they've been on the road or the times just didn't work out. I can actually kind of analyze a little bit of uh, some field hockey because uh, this team's good. This team is very good, very deep. They got talented players, experienced and young. And again, it, it starts with Aaron Matson. I mean, whenever you need a goal, she's going to come through and get it for you. But I think the big thing this year is I think this team, definitely compared to last year, way more offensive threats. I mean, you look at someone like Ashley Sessa, a freshman coming in. She's been phenomenal um, this year. I mean, looking at her stats, trying to pull them up real quick. uh, She's got six goals, two assists. Riley Heck, I believe, has seven or eight goals. That's another freshman uh, who's making a big contribution in the starting lineup. Sessa's playing about the midfield spot. Heck is playing uh, up front next to Matson, and then and then Peyton Worth. As I'm uh, scrolling through these stats here, yeah, Riley Heck five goals actually. Um, so God, glad I checked that there. I always want to keep the stats correct. Uh, but this is a UNC team that has a lot of weapons offensively. It's an experienced back line. Uh, with Madison Orobono, Kelly Smith, Rome Ricardo. I mean, this is a stout defense, and they're swapping goalies, so we don't know who's officially going to really be uh, the number one goalkeeper come like postseason time. Um, but this is an 8-0 team. They're now number one in the country. They've got everything they need to gear up for a national championship run. Um, and I think it's pretty fair to say that at this point. I mean, they are absolutely dominating opponents on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that is their fourth, no, fifth straight shutout. Um, and out during that, these five wins in a row, um, where they haven't given up a goal, they've outscored opponents 22 to nothing. I mean, you can't ask for better than that. And for a Wake Forest team that was pretty solid defensively, to not even make them a threat offensively is really important because, um, yeah, again, Todd made some really good saves and uh, it was looking like it might be a 1-0 victory. Uh, and then obviously Aaron Matson. Um, we cannot, the moment she leaves this program, it's going to be a sad day because not only does she make the plays that no one else in the country can make, she dribbles this ball like a hockey stick. And, and I'm not kidding. It feels like she's on ice and it looks like she's on ice. I mean, it's that impressive, but I just, what makes her different is she instills so much confidence in her teammates. She's so selfless. Um, but obviously when it comes down to scoring goals, she's the best in the country at it. Uh, past a hundred goals last season. She has nine on the season now. Um, and when you have a game like this where, I mean, Wake Force is playing good defense, you're going to need your star player to kind of carry the load a little bit. Um, and and score a score a couple goals and that's exactly what she's there for uh but the ball f- control from the midfield is really good that's anchored by Meredith's shoulder she's in her uh last season as a Tar Heel and then obviously coach Shelton uh doing a great job uh coaching this this Tar Heel roster it's it's tough t- when you have such high expectations she always talks about taking it one day at a time and focusing on who's ahead of you uh because these ACC teams are good I mean I believe they're six in the top 25 you're gonna have to go um they're they're facing a Liberty team next that beat them last year at uh Karen Shelton Stadium uh they're playing them this Sunday at Liberty but then you've got Boston College you've got Syracuse you've got Virginia, and then obviously at Duke to end the season. So there are a lot of tough opponents coming up, but this team is certainly up for the challenge. Um, And I think the big thing, though, that the team could definitely improve on, probably the penalty corners. Um, Not being able to convert. uh, I I don't think the Matson goal, 
the first one was off a of penalty corner. It might have been. It says shot from the mid-circle, so it, I don't think it was penalty corner. Um, they had seven of them and didn't convert any. I think that's a point of emphasis that Coach Shelton will probably work on uh, because penalty corners are dangerous, especially when you've got number one at the top of the circle. She can make uh, any move whichever way and hit it on the right or left side, with that, especially with that backhand. Um, you, I would not want to be the goalie in front of that goal. Um, but as you can probably hear my voice petering out, that's going to do it today for 125 Unfiltered. Hopefully, um, you guys are liking the styles of these videos or of these episodes. Not videos, it's just audio here. Um, because I, I just thought condensing everything in one episode would make things a lot easier for you guys to kind of hear everything instead of just three separate episodes. So, uh, fancy football going to come up, and then I'm going to do a New York Giants episode because three weeks through the, through the season, we're two and one, and last night's game, I need, there's a lot to say. And I'll just leave it for that. But for now, thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.